Hello, this is Rehaba Malik and you're listening to Cue the Music, a podcast where I talk to strangers about music, the music they like, the music they're currently listening to and much more. This is episode 7 with an earnest. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello? Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. You hear us, okay? Can you hear me pro- yeah, I can hear you. Can hear me properly? Yeah, not too bad. We were trying to uh, join on the phone, but it didn't seem to be working very well. Uh, yeah, there's some problem with the connection. Like we have it's been raining raining pretty heavily here. been pretty shitty uh, so let's see okay. let's hope we can get an hour of good conversation and stable internet yeah how no. are you how are you both yeah we're great great thank you how are you um i'm well i'm so tell me a bit about yourself so um we're two thirds of in earnest we're a band from uh the southeast of england so around about 45 minutes away from london um yeah. we kind of play what we describe as sad indie music um and obviously you you asked us about if if we had a record that we would like to talk about today um so we picked a Phoebe Bridges one um but yeah so uh I'm Tom I play guitar and sing and uh I'm Sarah I play keys and I sing and we also have Toby who plays guitar and plays violin too so how's it been going for you quarantine like putting uh, have you been working on some new music yeah we've been um well we were we were supposed to be recording our ep for next year in april but because of um lockdown rules in the uk we had to to uh, move it so we're going to record that in a couple of weeks time um so our, our ep that it will come out at the end of this year uh, in october that's already recorded so yeah so we've been working on um on on stuff to record next year um we had a little bit of time where we weren't able to kind of play together at all so we did we've done some um like split screen kind of videos separately mm-hmm. um and stuff like that and just uh well, I mean we've had lots to to keep us busy because we've we started to release our first singles in april so and we decided to carry on um you know while while people were at home primarily um so we thought you know let's let's just carry on um and not delay so we yeah we've had lots to do we've had uh, new music coming out and the ep to come out in october so it's all quite exciting can i ask the name of the ep or is it supposed to be a surprise like you'll reveal it when it's about to be released No it's fine we can we can tell you it's just it's, it's going to be self-titled so it's just called in earnest. Yeah we were we used to be a band called Carousel and mm-hmm. kind of the sound changed and and when we made a new band name in earnest sort of um represented what we wanted the band to be so it makes sense that the the first release is is called in earnest because it says exactly what you know what we're setting out to do so um that's why it's got a boring self-titled name <laughs> <laughs> so when how did in earnest start how did it come to be uh do you want to take this one yeah so uh we were all part of a previous band um and so we'd been playing all three you tom and toby toby is the third guy's name i'm right. toby yeah. 
yeah you Tom and there, was, there was the three of us and some other members um and eventually we just um kind of wanted a genre change and so we we decided to go ahead as a trio um with the change of name and change of genre and uh and so we've already been playing together for for quite a few years so we we're really good friends with each other but um Tom and I are a couple and we so we've known each other for like seven years previously um and so we all are just really really good friends and uh we love playing together really yeah we were we kind of started writing lots of songs that um didn't they didn't really fit the last the the band as it was at the time they didn't really it didn't sound like that band it sounded like a new it sounded like a fresh start so mm-hmm. yeah so things happen when you're in bands with different people and it's difficult and um yeah it just kind of steered itself in a direction that we chose to follow and we're yeah we're, we're happy um we're happy we feel we feel like having having less members it kind of frees you up to be able to um i don't know really really kind of hone in on what it is that you want to sound like and you want your your we talk quite a lot with um our producer about like what the philosophy of our band is and Mm-hmm. It, it is to be um to be as honest and truthful and meaningful as possible whereas the band before you know it, we never had those conversations like what mm-hmm. is the band what is our message what why are we doing this um whereas within in earnest it's you know yeah. we've we've talked about all those things at depth and we're always you know um trying to figure out what it is we're trying to say with our music. What do we want to do? What do we want to achieve? Um, yeah, so it's... The very- name pretty much gives it away. Like, this is... Our, we are in earnest and our name tells us, like, this is how, who we are. This is what our music aims to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that we picked... There, there are two other in earnest on, on Spotify, but we just put our name in a lower case uh, left. <laughs> Yeah, I searched you a couple of days ago. I searched you like it's, I I couldn't find the other in earnest. Like you guys popped up straight up. Oh, cool. Yeah, we've done a lot <laughs> um, because we started to release uh, release our singles. Um, we had one out in April and one out mm-hmm. in July, and then we've got one out in just under two weeks, and then the EP. So we've done a lot of uh, press work. So hopefully that shows when you Google us. You know, lots of reviews mm-hmm. and stuff comes up. Because um, we've been working, we've been using lockdown time really to work hard on that that side of things. Um, Which one? So, sorry, sorry, I cut you off. Please continue. Uh, yeah, just um, so that that's been a, a big focus of us. So hopefully it it, it shows um, you know when you search for us that you know you you you'll find reviews and um, yeah different articles and blogs that, that we've we've been sort of talking to for the last few months uh keeping us busy and keeping them busy as well i think which one was the first single like you have put two singles if i'm correct because i could only find two singles on spotify yeah me under and come upstairs so which one was the first one yeah put me under was first um it was a song written by me tom and i do mm-hmm. the the, the main legwork of the songwriting um mm-hmm. put me under was my song and then uh tom's is come upstairs yeah the re- the reason we kind of chose those two as well is that again in 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 keeping with the intention behind the music and everything um 
you, your sort of normal plan when when whenever we've released music and we believe it is the common thing is you're always looking for um you know a single to release that you think maybe is the most commercial commercial in sound mm -hmm. or the most easy to you know the most easy to listen to the most um catchy i don't know how how you like to describe it but uh, the, the song that would put you on people's radar the song that would just put you out there yeah but yeah i mean but but most of the time i think it's as 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 a band writing the song is you're so closely connected to it all that it's really hard to to kind of pick one mm -hmm. for a reason other than oh i think mm -hmm. it's the best one so what we tried mm -hmm. to do you know with our first releases is actually pick singles that really um that really hit home what the message is with us so the the honest songwriting about mental health and mental illness uh, mm -hmm. is something that we've really openly talked about and the first two singles are kind of like they're kind of like musical siblings so one one talks to the other that and one responds uh, mm -hmm. and and that was something that we did consciously we sort of yeah when we looked at what we were going to release we said what ones tell tell the story of in earnest the best and uh, and and that's why we picked picked those ones and not the um not the others on, on the, the ep's actually got six tracks and we've got one last single coming out in um about 10 days time which is called 29 um which is a song that i wrote about lots of like childhood experiences very mm -hmm. uh, very specific ones um mm -hmm. so it's got some interesting lyrics and and stuff um that kind of that, that last single kind of really ties us in as a trio because it, it um heavily features toby on the track mm -hmm. or, you know mm -hmm. as much as us and so that really um kind of completes the story really we've had my my call and, and tom's response with the last mm -hmm. and then this one is is us as a trio so how does the songwriting work who are the primary songwriters of in earnest so it's main, mainly me and tom um we it's, it's funny because we we've known each other for so long but we it's, we find it very difficult to write songs together because mm -hmm. we're so headstrong in what what we want to do and we end up mm -hmm. in an argument normally so <laughs> <laughs> so we um we write separately but we then bring songs to rehearsal and uh so if i wrote a song i'd bring it to rehearsal and and tom and toby would would play on it and and kind of sculpt their parts um as session musicians if you like and uh that's kind of where how it works really yeah so we, we sort of have this philosophy that rather than rather than um you know it we all have to be you know equal part in writing a song we actually try and use the philosophy that you know one of us has something to say that's important to us mm -hmm. and the other two then you know we're trying to back that person up and support that person in their idea as as much as possible to help them achieve you know what they want it to sound like um i mean we, we do we do kind of help edit we do make suggestions yeah. for each other's songs if mm -hmm. one of us can hear a certain thing happening or Oh, maybe there should be a bit an extra extra section here or there. So it's yeah, I think from a from a gr sort of um, beginning standpoint, it's very much 
we'll write separately but then we're very I think we're, I feel like we're very collaborative when mm-hmm. when we bring the songs into the uh into rehearsal and into recording and and that sort of thing you have said that your songs are very personal and you both have known each other for a very long time so is it uncomfortable at times when you're okay yeah, I've written this song is it uncomfortable at times oh okay it deals with certain stuff is it uncomfortable at times I don't think so. I think we're I think we're quite good at communicating. So each we'll we'll know what each other are thinking a lot. Um, <laughs> we tend to each other sentences a lot. Um and so I don't think it's it's uncomfortable um between us. I just think um we have to communicate with Toby about what the song's about a little bit a little bit harder than we do with each other. Yeah, I guess it's it's nature for us to kind of have written something, and I mean we live together as well, so you know we mm-hmm. we both hear the songs when they're in uh, in in the very early stages, and so we're able to almost follow the songs as they develop, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know we will talk to each other about oh I've come up with with these couple of lyrics, I really like that, or or, or also you know I'm struggling with this bit. Have you got any ideas? Um, no, I think I guess it's that. Um, yeah, again, going back to the kind of the whole uh, ethos behind the band, it is about us being open with each other, and um, I mean, sharing sharing the vision for a particular song or or what the lyrics about, uh, because mm-hmm. it, it just means that we can all be on the same page um, and we can all contribute in a productive way, rather than you know, if you're not really. If, if, if your idea of what someone else's song is supposed to be, it's quite easy to play the wrong thing or to, you know, to, to, to try and make it go in a different direction. But um, yeah, no, we're like, I, like I, I touched upon earlier, we are very open about, um, you know, creating discussion around difficult things. So we, we try to talk to each other about how we're feeling and what's going on. And that helps the music. You know, we, we, we do that from a friendship on a friendship mm-hmm. level, but it 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 does affect the music. It affects definitely the relationship we have when we perform together and when we, you know, when we record or everything. Um, whereas we've never really had that in bands before. Sometimes there can be so many people involved that the, you know, what you actually produce can become quite diluted. I think mm-hmm. so. The, you know, like the saying, you know, too many cooks spoil the broth. It's true in in a way. The more people um, that, that feel like they have to be included or involved, we we mm. like it dilutes the original idea and um, sometimes down into something that you know. In the past, we've had songs and we can't, we couldn't even in the end tell you what they were about because they've been diluted <laughs> so much and the lyrics become so general and generic that you kind of lose sight of what you even you know what you were striving for in the first place Um, but yeah do you want to say a little bit about the mental health side of things because that's not good so so the so the the first single put me under is um a little bit of an exploration around um talking about depression and my anxiety Mm -hmm. And uh, and how like low sometimes. So I that that's mm-hmm. the main reason why we put it as a first single, so we can be 
open and honest about something so delicate and something that is is quite taboo and is stigmatized a lot and so we wanted to begin to encourage people to start having these conversations with each other yeah and so so um yeah come upstairs is a, is a song about um is about me having to you know live with and support sarah in with her struggles with her own brain and i yeah i mean it helps us it helps us to talk about it and to share it it makes it feel like it's not this dirty secret that you can't tell anyone about um and also maybe the hope is that it helps other people as well um i mean some of the some of the lyrics you know by you know people like julian baker big thief are so um are so deeply personal and you can just tell and i think that some of those artists were a real eye opener for for us for you know what it, expanding on what we thought was acceptable to say within a song or you know using lyrics in a very very um direct and sometimes blunt way like uncompromising just say what you mean although some people you know think oh you shouldn't you can't say that in a song you shouldn't be writing about that sort of thing but it's it's just real life and i think people connect with with other real life stories and um it all again it all ties into what we want to do we want to kind of um put real stuff out into the world make art out of honest feelings and difficult feelings as well and hopefully that resonates with a certain group of people um and it, and like i say it's catharsis for us as well because it helps us understand ourselves to really write and study um what's going on um like within ourselves i think in a way we all do that but sometimes music helps helps you learn things about yourself or that you're feeling or experiencing that you might not have realized um until you heard someone else kind of sing it or, or talk about it you still there Hello? I think we lost you a minute there. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, the shitty internet connection just come on. Let's just give me let's give us 40 45 minutes please. Okay, what so you, you hear me? Yeah, what did you where did you hear up to? Uh so I uh I was just talking uh saying that I have mentioned it on the podcast before and I believe it personally that the best music is the one that is the most personal because you can see you can feel connected to the right to the singer to the writer you can feel okay are they what they are trying to say you can feel it so i agree with yeah. you 100% like yes you are being very honest in your lyrics you are being very earnest in your in your lyrics and that's what because i did listen to those two singles that you put out and that for, yeah. for my opinion, in my opinion makes them like i really like them i really like them i heard put me under first and i could see like you mentioned julian baker and a little bit of ben howard i don't know why but promise by ben howard i did it came i was thinking like okay this song reminds me of some some song this song reminds me of some song and it came to me after a while oh ben howard promise it reminded me of ben howard yeah cool uh, yeah we like ben howard i don't know that song well i might know it if i heard it but i, I can't recall that song so sarah do you have a dog 
Yes, yeah, we have a dog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me a bit about you know. <laughs> um, she's called Murph, mm. and uh, we rescued her about, uh, I think it's four years ago now, from the Dogs Trust, and um, she's living her best life, I think, really. <laughs> yeah, she's, um, she's a Mastiff, she's a, a, yeah, a Mastiff Malinois cross. Um, everyone always asks us what's a Malinois, but it's a. Have you heard of Malinois before? Lost it again. Hello. <laughs> I've got Hi. you again now. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, have you heard of the breed, the Malinois breed? No, no idea what a Malinois is. It's, it's like a Belgian Shepherd, essentially. So it's German Shepherd like, but they're kind of darker in colour. So she is a Mastiff Malinois cross. Um, and we used to have um, a, Jack a Jack Russell rescue as well called Doug, who was very old. We adopted him as an old boy. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we, we lost Doug last November, um, just after my birthday. But, yeah, we love dogs. Dogs are, yeah. this, you know, along with music, dogs are our sort of next great passion, I suppose. <laughs> All right, so... If you had to choose, what are your major musical influences, like for in earnest and personally for you too, for so in uh, regarding your songwriting process, which are your big influences? Uh, I really like the Beatles. Mm -hmm. um, I really like Dodie, mm -hmm. um, Phoebe, of course, Phoebe Bridges. Um, who else do we like? Oh, I really like Noah Gunderson. No, he's really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you go. Um, yeah, I kind of I'm a little bit all over the place with music because I used to I kind of grew up playing quite heavy like heavy guitar like like metal guitar, mm -hmm. and so I feel like having I feel like having grown up with lots of different types of music. Um, I feel like with with what we write now, it's easy it's easy to include lots of different things. So. Uh, from like a songwriter's um, standpoint or, or writing song standpoint, I love Bob Dylan and Bruce mm -hmm. Springsteen and Tom Waits, kind of the really like a lot mm -hmm. of really cl classic songwriters. But then also in there, there's a lot of kind of like Indian folk, indie folk kind of people. Um, I, re I listen to Julian Baker a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I like I like loads of random like really small artists but there's a um, a female fronted band called Awake but Still in Bed um, from Australia that I really like and I really like kind of like metal and hardcore music I like death metal and black metal as well <laughs> um, I think because of the like the intensity of all of these types of music um, they're all very different but I think I feel like emotionally they're all very extreme so. And when I say that, it, it, you know, in mm -hmm. in I say that in the way that Julian Baker to me, in a in a kind of like um, songwriter emo indie whatever you want to call it way, I feel like her music is very intense. And then I like the intensity of like really crazy extreme metal music as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we're and and then Toby is is like our folk guy. So <laughs> he he's been playing folk music since he was you know since he was about 10 years old so about 15 16 years now um and he is just like 
he's just the folk guy, isn't he? He brings a lot of the folk kind of elements to to our music, um, with the with the violin playing, and he also played mandolin. On the EP, he also played some mandolin and a thing called a sitan, which is like a big mandolin with some more strings. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, he also plays like saxophone. Oh, I can't, I can't, there's no end, is there? He's really? one those annoying people who can pick up any instrument <laughs> he plays the flute he plays like flutes and irish whistle and guitar and bass Literally yeah everything. nearly everything but really well <laughs> <laughs> so you must so have you incorporated all these sounds in your new ep because you like all your influences are very varied sarah's influences your influences and toby's influences are very varied so you must have a lot of okay i you can take inspiration from this side you can take inspiration from that side very 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 varied very varied genres very varied people so are you in court have you incorporated all these sounds in the new ep not yet i would say yeah. not yet i think as time goes on we become kind of more brave and also the you know the more songs you've you've written the more you want to push where you can take it so I've, I've written a couple of songs that probably won't, you know, if if they become in earnest songs, they probably won't be for another couple of years. But there's a real, um, like I really like playing with really dissonant sounds. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess that comes from liking kind of heavy music. Um, and there's a few like little tiny touches of kind of like really kind of, I'm not going to say heavy because obviously we don't have drums. So it won't be like a heavy metal band sound, but just some of that like kind of eeriness and dissonance um, like will, will, is, is kind of surfacing in songs that I'm writing now and working on now. But the, do you want to say a little bit about the EP? Yeah, so the, the EP, we've probably got quite a lot of, quite a lot of folk influences, maybe a little bit of pop in there, a little bit of rock in there, a little bit electronic maybe. Mm. Um, it's quite a mixed bag, I would say. Mm. Yeah, I, f I just feel like the you know the more the more we write songs, the more we want to push um, you know push what what sound we go for, what what we feel like is acceptable. <laughs> um, you know, there's definitely there there are limits. I feel um, because otherwise you you start to stray from you know maybe the the, the kind of sound that you want um, and and how you want to be perceived, but. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really important to keep listening to new stuff and to mm -hmm. keep inspired by new things and to hear something and go, oh, like, what is that? I want to find out what, what's being played there. And then, you know, it's kind of like how we all, how we all grow. It's just taking in music and kind of slowly incorporating small ideas um, from, from all your influences, essentially. Is it um, a conscious, cho conscious choice of not having drums? Yeah, so the the band that we kind of that in earnest stems from, um, we used to well well at one point we had a drummer, but then we didn't have a drummer, but we kept kind of writing songs that we wanted drums in, and so when we played live, we had this kind of like real clash of, you know, we love the recordings like that with drums and full band, but live we didn't always have that, so it was a little bit strange. Um, I personally, I, th I think for me, listening to, to stuff like um, Julian Baker, obviously again, and Mount Erie, mm -hmm. 
some of that kind of music where it's it doesn't rely on drums i think it forces us to be more particular about how we arrange a song so for us a lot of our songs i think they're they can be quite hard to listen to if you've not got a lot of time i feel like they're mm -hmm. songs really have to put headphones on and sit in a dark room with your eyes closed <laughs> <laughs> to enjoy them because 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 we don't have drums and we we haven't incorporated anything like that into the music yet we we write music where it really has to grow so it, there's going to be three four minute song and we are we are slightly guilty of having like quite dramatic climaxes towards the end of the song <laughs> i feel like we like the challenge of having to arrange cleverly yeah, to make say, a song yeah. work because you can't just say oh well let's just change the drum beat for this part to make to create interest. like we physically have to do something to um to keep the song ticking along and to keep keep the momentum going and 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 for, for things to not feel boring mm -hmm. um so it is a conscious thing um we we've got some like um toby's got like a stomp box thing that he uses for live and it's a real like kind of heartbeat-esque stomp kind of sound mm -hmm. and we that is on the ep and that is um i don't think that's on any of the songs we've released um oh it's on it's on the end of put me under but yeah as opposite, like there's a big climax at the end of put me under like it grows it grows it grows and there's a big climax at the end of put me under yeah, that there is quite a big, but compared to um, there's there's another one on the EP called Fables that is just kind of pushing towards like screamo noise. screamo <laughs> noise, like his heavy rock kind of thing. And so yeah, if, if you think that was a climax, then <laughs> I, should, I should prepare myself. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those songs that I I, I listen to and it. I, I'm sitting there and my heart feels like it's beating out of my chest. Like it makes me feel so passionate for some reason. And it's, it's going back to that idea of, of, of something being so intense that you, you have to feel something when you're listening to it. Has it ever happened? Like you're done writing a song and it's like you're it's producing everything and you're, you're blown away by your own music. Has it, does it ever happen? Like, Oh my God, did I make this? Did I make this song? Did I make this piece of music? Has it, does it happen? I think when you're I feel like when you're when you're sitting down and you're writing something and you feel like it's you know it's going somewhere there's something here that's really exciting but I think I, th I and I think that's important I think it's it's important to give yourself credit for something you've done and to be proud of it um obviously like we we would probably draw the line at you know being um like I feel like we're quite modest people. We don't really like to. We're, we're more looking forward than we look back. I would say. So I think while it's good, I think to be proud of what you've made, we're always looking at the what's next. Um, just to, to keep that excitement. Um, just to keep us excited about what we're doing and what's you know. What I'm so sorry, but my neighbor's kid has started wheeling. Can you hear it? <laughs> That's okay. Can you can you hear it there? Because he's just started. He was I think he was but he's just woken up and he's just screaming at the top of his lungs. It wasn't too bad, we could hear it. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's okay. 
<laughs> that was a he's yeah. scoring now. <laughs> they have managed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but now, uh, how does it work? Like, can you tour? Can you promote music? Because I know that venues are not open. Some venues are closing down in the UK. So, what what yeah. is the future of Inonis? Like, how are you going to promote? How how is that going to work now? We're really not sure at the moment because there's some very very small gigs. like starting up and happening September, October um, onwards. But really, we kind of have accepted that we're not really going to gig until next year. Mm. Um, But it's kind of in a way like that we as musicians, all we look forward to really is is rehearsing for the next gig so that we can see people and share our music. And and but this year we've only really ever released music without the need, the form of gigs happening as well. So it's forced us to um, have to be even more creative with our promotion and our uh, our ideas, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just using the time wisely to yeah, to do other things, do all, all the press stuff and reach out to blogs and, and do things like this as well. Because um, mm-hmm. obviously normally in the summer we'd be doing uh, well, not with this band because we because really we've only just started to release music. But previous bands, you know, we're used to having busy summers and you know lots of festivals and stuff happening. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, I think I feel like you've just got to make the the best of it and just you know, like like Sarah said, we've made peace that you know, and we've accepted that maybe we won't actually play a show until next year, until twenty 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 one, but. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, it's just about focusing your energies in other helpful places, I think, um, rather, than, rather than being upset that you're not going to play a gig for a while, you know, just do just do something else. <laughs> and you have started a blog, like if I'm correct, like you have started a blog now. Um, what blog is that? No, I, I'm, uh, have you started, I'm, I'm asking you, have you started a blog? Oh. No, no, I, I, not that we know of. <laughs> I, I do, I do a blog um, that I've done it for about five years now, based on my mental health experience. Um, and you occasionally write uh, about songwriting, don't you? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So we both, yeah, I suppose we both have a, a small side, you know, something we do when we when we feel um, inspired to. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like we said, there, there's been so much for us to do with releasing music and being a new band that, um, that yeah, there hasn't really been the time to kind of just sit back and do nothing. Um, and like I say, we've just just been using the energy we've got to do to do other things, really. And have you been able to like? How does the radio side work? Have you been able to get radio plays or something? Only small, like, independent radio. I mean, we don't really see ourselves as a radio kind of band um, because of the nature of the music, you know. Um, most commercial radio, at least, or mid-sized kind of radio want three-minute songs, and we haven't got a single three-minute song. <laughs> and we wouldn't, we wouldn't cut one down to, to be a radio edit. We just we just wouldn't. Like, we, we try to to write a song where every part is as important as the last. And so the idea of actually having to cut, cut important bits of music out to us is, is yeah, it, it's not that cool <laughs> for us to do that. <laughs> like I say, Ray, we, we kind of focus on, um, we, we have been focusing on Spotify, which is interesting given the kind of con- 
controversy around Spotify mm-hmm. and what yeah. artists at the moment. Um, and I think, yeah, there are pros and cons to to doing that. But I think that, you know, considering we can't play gigs and we can't sell physical CDs or anything like that, it's, it is just the way forward. I use Spotify. Well, we both use Spotify all the time. Mm-hmm. And so how can we not direct people to Spotify when that's what we use all the time um, for personal listening? Um, so, yeah, we've, we've been kind of focusing on trying to, to find Spotify playlist curators more so than radio just because, you know, there are playlists and playlisters for every kind of music, whereas radio is quite, I feel like, is quite narrow in the UK. There's a lot of commer- like very, very commercial radio where they play kind of like the same 10 songs all day. <laughs> Oh, yes. it's, mainly, it's mainly pop as well it's mainly like in pop and uh, yeah. a little bit r&b and that's about it mm. in england so yeah so what was your introduction to phoebe so how were, how did you how were you introduced to phoebe so our we work with a guy called peter and he runs a recording company called longcroft recording and he works with a few different artists regularly. So we, we've been recording with him since, you know, the last band we were in. So a good kind of probably coming up to five years now. Um, and he was, he was working and still is with a, an artist from Cumbria in, the, in England called Melanie Baker, um, who you might like to check out as well. She's got a few EPs out. Um, and she'd sent him a list of kind of like mixing influence uh, references. So like music that she really liked the sounds of the way it was put together so that when they recorded, um, they, they, he knew kind of what she was looking for. And so she sent him, I believe it was Scott street and he sent it to me and said, I'll check this out. See what you see, what you think of this. And yeah, it, it was just, it just, it was really grabbing from the st- from the opening kind of listens and the way the track developed and you know by the time it, it got to the the end where you've got all the sound effects happening at the end of that track I was just like that is one of the coolest things I've ever heard um I think after listening to that track I, I, I couldn't really remember a time when I didn't know Phoebe like I couldn't remember <laughs> what <laughs> and how long ago was it Oh, it must have been about three or four years ago. Yeah. Oh, so pretty early on. Like, she wasn't big back then. Not at all. Three, four years ago. Yeah, no. quite. yeah, yeah. not quite as big. I think she had a couple of videos out. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, an EP, I guess. Yeah, I think the record had... Uh, Stranger in the Alps had come out. So it must have been... Uh, maybe it was three years ago. Yeah, because that is 2017. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it came out in 2017, yes. Yeah. So and and then from there, I, it was I think it was me first. I ended up listening to. Um, I remember taking particular fondness to, to funeral and smoke mm-hmm. signal, um, mm-hmm. and a few of those other song songs at the start of the record. Mm-hmm. And then what usually happens with us is we one of us becomes addicted to something, a certain record, and then we show the other. Um, and sometimes, you know. Sarah will feel the same about it other times not not so much <laughs> but um yeah it was kind of it kind of just the the love for Phoebe just grew from there didn't it really we just always um, had her playing in the car everywhere yeah. we went we just played <laughs> all the time 
you know you were talking about how spotify works i discovered phoebe exactly because spotify recommends song on the ba- on the basis of the songs that you're listening to and i yeah. remember very clearly i was listening to andrew bird and okay. they, they, it recommended me funeral yeah based on songs by andrew bird and this was about i guess 3 years ago and so that started funeral and that is such a great introduction to phoebe that song funeral that's your favorite yeah yeah so why have you chosen stranger in the alps as your favorite i think it was just a record that we could both we could both kind of talk about in the same depth so we individually we could have picked lots of different records but we probably but we have a very similar taste in music but it is different as well so mm-hmm. i feel i feel like for us to pick something where we could both really you know really know what we were talking about this was just a great record to pick out um and also because it's been it has been such an influence on on what we do as well and mm-hmm. what we what we continue to do um and also you'd already talked about punisher with someone else so we couldn't pick that one <laughs> <laughs> no we have talked about phoebe a lot like in almost in every episode there's with a mention of phoebe or punisher on punisher because punisher everyone has listened to punisher everyone i know has listened they don't know stranger in the alps but they do know punisher everyone has listened to punisher yeah absolutely all right so which is your favorite song if you have to choose some one song of stranger in the alps for me i think it's funeral just because how kind of deadpan the the lyrics are like um they're brutal aren't they <laughs> we we talk still we think we might just kill ourselves then we laugh until it disappears like mm. i really admire that that bluntness and that feeling mm. the sincerity in capturing that sad feeling um and i don't think a lot of artists uh, mm. kind of so bluntly about feeling feeling so sad yeah that song pretty much pretty clearly i mean it's it captures it because there's also a line that uh, feeling sorry for myself and then i remember someone else's kid is dead and it's yeah, like, yeah. everyone tells you like okay you have it bad but someone has it worse everyone tells you everyone be little this I yeah but it, it doesn't it, yeah it doesn't help you you your you, you feeling bad is still valid in itself um yeah. but It, it, obviously for for someone who is who is struggling with themselves realizing that you know something utterly tragic and even more terrible is happening to someone else makes them feel bad that they feel bad in the first place and so it feeds into that i think it's a great expression of feeling bad because you know you you, you feel you feel like you shouldn't so and that makes you feel even worse so it's i think it's a i think the whole chorus of funeral is a real mm. like allude to i've i feel like i've felt this way my whole life and that's mm. probably like I, i don't experience um like depression or any mental illness myself that i know of mm. but to me what i've seen in sarah and living with sarah for so long it's like that that idea that um you know she's saying i i i'm just blue all the time that's how i feel always have and always will it must feel like that it must feel like you can't you can't remember what it was it's, like to yeah. feel happy or any anything else at, at that time it's the idea that it's just all encompassing it's just <laughs> it over everything and, and the, last, 
and the last three lines too like and it's 4 a.m and i'm and i'm doing nothing again like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it, it's really yeah. Re- relatable to you know to lots of people so much yeah um, so many people yeah absolutely what's your favorite tom um my favorite um i i don't i feel like i i love you missed my heart i love that version i know it's not her song i love that it terrifies me i think it's terrifying <laughs> um and i like i love i love it because it's so so, like shocking and you know even when you take it away from being a mark kozilek song um him being like a dude with a you know like a a kind of rough around the edges voice when you hear phoebe sing it with such grace and delicacy singing Mm -hmm. these words about you know like a crime of passion Mm It's it's scary because uh, it, I don't know. I th- I just find it it like really it's so atmospheric and it's so bizarre. The whole thing is so bizarre, especially the first time you really sit and you listen to the words and you don't know what you know what the the songwriter is about to tell you they've done. Um, and also, I think it's really sad. I feel like I feel like uh, like we've talked a lot recently about. Um, like we watch a lot of kind of crime documentaries and dramas and stuff. And um, we've sort of talked about this idea that like, like anyone potentially is capable of anything. And so (laughs) this person in in missed my heart in, in a deadly serious way, this crime of passion has happened, but he talks about, um, or Mark Kozilek talks about being a child and Mm -hmm. at the end of the and it is like he said all these terrible things that he's done and then at the end you feel sorry for him because he was just a normal kid and i find i just think there's such power in in that kind of juxtaposition so on one hand this terrible thing has happened on the other hand it, it could have been anyone it, I, th- I feel like it makes you feel like it could have been anyone that through a, a certain sequence of events came to that point where they did a terrible thing and I think that's a ter- like a terrifying reality to live I with. End up, I end up feeling uh, feeling almost sorry for him by the end, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's that juxtaposition because it's it's such a gruesome story, but it's also really beautiful at the same yeah, time. Yeah, the music, it's just the, weird. the music's so subtle and just stunning to listen to. And one of my favourite things as well is like reading into. I, th- I don't know whether like we all do this, like you might say like we all do, but I think I, I really meditate on songs and what they mean and why this thing is mm-hmm. like this. Um, because like what we, what we, one thing that we try and really do in our music is if there's a theme or something, you know, very specific is happening in the song, we'll try and make the music literally go along with it. So for instance, if you, it's a song about running away from home, it being a quite a fast-paced song, like kind of really tailoring the music to what the emotion of the song is, what the lyrics are about. And um, one of the bits I just think is so like haunting to hear is the very end of You Missed My Heart when she says, um, like, Dan River from the, what is it, Brownsville Prison Graveyard. And where she says it so many times, and it's like the life is drawing out of him because he's had to leave conjecture. And I just think, mm-hmm. like, that's insane like that just it's creepy and beautiful and I think the combination is just is is crazy it's just it's amazing it's everything that music should be 
I feel um I feel like it's very yeah very artful um but having said that, having said that, <laughs> that 10 minute rant about you missed my heart for some reason I've got a real soft spot for um would you rather and I don't really know why oh, it's a it's a great it's it dies funeral for my favorite song on the record it's a very like simple pretty song um I don't know, just something about it I really like. I, I really like this that song, Would You Rather, but I don't like Connor Oberst's voice. I just I for some reason I just don't like him. <laughs> he has hardly five lines in the song. Hardly five lines. <laughs> yeah, you can put up with that. You can yeah, live with that. Yeah. I mean it is like it's about her father, it's about her and her brother. It's very personal. Like you said, the best music yeah. is personal and it's really personal. Like how yeah, they Maybe that is the reason. Maybe it's just that 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 subconsciously comes across and it just clicks. And I just feel that I feel something when I hear that song. But I mean, they're all great. Um, I mean, I also love Killer. I think Killer's fantastic. Oh yeah, I love um, and Chelsea, I really like as well. Some of the kind of like unsung. I mean, a, a, a lot of people would say, "Oh, Motion Sickness," um, Scott mm. Street funeral but i also think some of the lesser talked about songs are, are great as well um mm-hmm. but i love oh, i love i love the whole record it's was influential on on us um on our yeah. EP quite a lot as well yeah yeah it's one of those um it's also phoebe is one of those songwriters who again you're kind of waiting for what she's gonna mm-hmm. say next in the lyric like what shocking or, or weird thing you're gonna hear in a lyric so like on Punisher, it was the the, the line about not being your vegetable. Mm-hmm. And it like just as a songwriter, I think you can become so uh, so guided by what you think you shouldn't should or shouldn't say mm-hmm. that you worry a lot. And sometimes if it's the real if it's the right thing for your song, but it's a bit weird, I think that's that's great. I think <laughs> it should always go in, it should always be used. Um because it's so easy to, to, I don't know, to hold back and to say, oh, well, no one's going to know what that means or whatever. But the whole point, surely, is is for people to think about for what they're hearing. people to be intrigued and... about what you're saying. Yeah. I want to know and, more about what yeah, that's for about. People to <laughs> question, we, yeah, for people to question what something is or what it means, that's the whole part of the and that so, beautiful mystery of music. And so we- away from it, baby. Like she, she will make you uncomfortable. She will make you very uncomfortable. She never backs away. Yeah, but life is uncomfortable, so mm. I think it works. Mm. Like, it can be uncomfortable. So you told me that the first song you heard was Scott Street, right? Yeah. So the, in the first line of the song, she says, "Feeling like a stranger," and the last line of the song is, "Don't be a stranger." So I'm really yeah. curious what you think. Like, is she talking about? like potentially Marshall or is she talking about herself? I feel like if you, uh, to me, if you feel like a stranger in somewhere that you, you know, so I, I get the feeling she's, she's from the place that she's in when she's in the song saying walking Scott street. Um, I feel like to feel like a stranger when you're in your hometown or, or where you live, that that's that must be a peculiar feeling but maybe it's about a bigger thing than that maybe it's about you know i should i should be out there doing something else and that makes me feel like a stranger when i'm in in uh, when i'm at home when i'm in, in my hometown but i also think that 
I love that juxtaposition. So she's saying, I feel like a stranger. And then at the end, she's saying to someone else, so anyway, don't be a stranger. I feel like there's that nice juxtaposition between feeling weird yourself and maybe that other person feels like a stranger as well and you're telling them not to be or she's telling them not to be. And uh, I think there's a nice kind of sentiment mm. there about, yeah, about about knowing how someone feels and sort of trying to say let's not be strangers to each other and then maybe in the grand scheme of things we will both stop feeling like strangers to ourselves and the people around us i think it really it really took on a different meaning for us when we when we first were in a covid lockdown um we sung it on a live stream didn't we do you remember yeah and yeah. uh and as we were singing anyway don't be a stranger this, it was kind of this like other meaning came apparent to us that you know we we need to kind of be connected to everybody um and, and we can't see anyone in person and so for me like i really think back to the beginning of lockdown and you know anyway don't be a stranger phoebe is telling me something here i need to i need to be connecting to <laughs> there's so the four lines in smoke signals which I usually, when someone says, okay, I like Phoebe Bridges, I ask them, okay, what do you think about these four lines? I think yeah. the last four lines, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they are the last four lines. And Please correct me because I'm reciting them from memory. So it's, I buried a hatchet. It, it's carrying up lavender. The future's uncertain. The past is a corridor. I'm at the exit, looking back the hall. You're anonymous. I am a concrete wall. Yeah, so I love it. I've I've no idea what it means, but that image <laughs> in my head is so strong. I just I just love anything with an with imagery in. Um, so but I've no idea what it means. I think it's like to me when I especially the the second, third, fourth line. I feel like you're talking about some. You're talking to someone that maybe you should know, or maybe that you have known, but you feel like you can't relate anymore you don't recognize them um i just think the whole yeah that they're like i'm at the exit looking back through the hall you're anonymous i'm a concrete wall it's like yeah it it's sad it, it feels like that it feels like it's it's talking about someone who you should you should know or you did know and maybe it doesn't feel like that anymore maybe you just it feels like you're invisible to someone that kind of mm. that feeling that you just also I like I love the idea that uh, the past is a corridor because you've only seen your one past so if you look back at your past it is a narrow thin corridor if you looked at humanity's past it wouldn't be a corridor but yeah I love that idea that metaphors if you could turn <laughs> you could, if you could physically turn around and look at your your life it would just be one long yeah. human shape like body shaped corridor yeah, almost. yeah. it can <laughs> also is... be like like think of a corridor and at the end of the corridor there's a door so the door <laughs> think of the door as as the future to reach that future you have to yeah. travel through your past all the shit that you have done all the shit that you've gone through it may be that yeah. the meta yeah, yeah. the meta yeah. all right so favorite lyrics from the album Oh. You've okay. already mentioned your it's favorite. A big song. It's a big question. I know it's a big question. Oh, I don't know. Um, hmm. 
I really, I really resonate with um, "Killer" and and the lyrics in "Killer." Um, uh, what is it? But I can't sleep next to a body, even harmless in death. Plus, plus, I'm pretty sure I'd miss you and faking sleep to catch my breath. I love that. Have you um Have you heard the the version with Noah? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh. Yeah, you need There's to a, hear it. It's yeah, a, it's, it's like a double cover. So it's Noah Gunderson with his sister and Phoebe in the studio, and they do a version of Killer where Noah sings it, and then it kind of segs into um, what's Noah's song? The Sound, isn't it? The Sound. And Phoebe sings his song. It's really cool if you haven't seen that. Um, I'll it's great. It I'll check it. Yeah, they're like it's kind of like piano acoustic versions of both songs in within one song. It's really really cool. Um, oh, I mean, it's it's so hard to pick. Um, I mean, something poignant I think is about other other lines about Lemmy and David Bowie and Smoke Signals. Um, what's that? I like the Holiday Inn bit in Smoke Signals as well. That's kind of. That's because cool. you used to work in one. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. Well, you kind of did. It wasn't a Holiday Inn, though, was it? No. But it's kind of cool. I want to live at the Holiday Inn where somebody else makes the bed. We'll watch TV while the lights on the street cut with the stars to death. I just love that. That's so magical and so mundane at the same time. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, hey again. <laughs> <laughs> like, not too bad. We have just cut off three times, so I'm not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the whole, um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, you know, lyrics are, lyrics on their own can be amazing, but sometimes it's the pairing of, you know, how they're sung. The music that's happening at that time um i think sometimes that can be what's or for me anyway with stranger in the alps i think that's what's so is so special about it is the fact that it all really ties together very well so the music is eerie and weird and has kind of you know production that really matches the songs um and the songs really match the actual lyrics that she's written um yeah, it's all, it's all just very candid. I feel like it's it, you can imagine it all as well. It's all, all mm-hmm. a lot of the lyrics are very, um, what's the Rich word? In like, yeah, they're very like cinematic, so you can picture what's going on a lot of the time. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you because you yourselves are singers and songwriters, so I wanted to ask you, like, there's a, there's like motion sickness in this album and Kyoto in Punisher songs which. Yeah. Are very upbeat sounding, but lyrics are like they deal with pretty serious stuff. Lyrics are very sad. So, yeah. why do you think like is and many songs are like that. Many artists do that. Japanese house does it with did it with you. Like you seem so happy and stuff. Other songs. So why do you think a singer songwriter is? What is the thought process behind that? Okay, I'm going to write a very personal song. It's going to be the lyrics are going to be very personal. I'm going to bear my soul, but I'm going to set it to the beats. Like it's going to be very upbeat song. So what is the thinking behind that? That's that's difficult because I've never written an upbeat song. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I always 
I always write the really depressing songs. And then uh, and then Tom and Toby just work their magic to make it sound a little less depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd better answer this one. <laughs> I think, um, in all honesty, I think there is a small element of, you know, you've got 12 tracks on a record. I think sometimes it's done for variation. So, you know, especially in a live setting, I mean, I could stand and watch sad music a whole night, but... Also, it is fun. It, it must be fun to get up and play Kyoto with the band and rock out. And also the, the end of, um, like I, uh, I know the end, the end section of that. Um, but I think it, it, it's just that it's like a, um, a, a songwriting device for sort of juxtaposition. So you're singing about something and it sounds, the music sounds contrary. So I think a really good, example that goes a little step further is the song off of um paramore's after laughter album uh, the song fake the song fake happy because it's about being fake happy and the lyrics are fake happy and the music is fake happy as well because it sounds happy um so i think it, it it's a device to hit home and maybe it makes you feel maybe it, it, it's it's slightly confusing because it doesn't match up and that is a itself, I think. I think that is a technique in itself. Um, there's something that I remember seeing in um, like drama class at school. And it we were doing something very, I can't remember what it was, but it was very like artsy. And I remember being shown this really short film. And within this film, it had like very innocent, like lovely things like children playing, people smiling, but then, in between it had these really disturbing images of like eyes being held open and really uncomfortable things. And I think it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I mean, life is, is good and bad, black and white. And I feel like if you can include it all, it can feel very confusing and it's just, uh, it's like something to provoke thought in, uh, provoke thought in people is to give them sad lyrics and a happy music or the other way around um because it does something that if you have sad sad music sad lyrics happy music happy lyrics it will do something different for a listener um so i, I think, think I, I think there's a few reasons why people oh, do you, that no, you make a very fair point because i remember have you heard the album fetch the bowl cutters by fiona apple yeah yeah there's a track on that album for her and it's very yeah. strong. Uh, it's a very upbeat track, but the lyrics are so dark. The lyrics are so dark, and I remember listening to it. I'm like, oh my god, because she was the lyric. The music was so upbeat, happy. Yeah. I would say even happy, but the lyrics. It was the juxtaposition, the contrast between the lyrics and the music was so stark that it, like, it hit me harder. If it makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you you make a fair point. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's that's a good a good reason why people do things like that is just to yeah it enhances the sadness I think or the happiness or in the in the case of the Paramore song to be truly fake happy like she's singing about the music has to tr be trying to be happy um, even though she's not I think that really that really works. But like going talking about that album, such an underappreciated album. It was such a good album, but I don't know, such an underappreciated album. Yeah, no, we we love yeah, it. Yeah. We've um, well, actually, I've been a Paramore fan for years and years, but um, 
you well you got into Paramore just like after. Oh, we're talking about Fiona Apple or Paramore now. <laughs> It's going in. It's as we're just talking about music. It's going in here. Okay, so your least favorite favorite song from the Stranger in the Alps? Demi Moore. Yeah, agreed. Demi Moore. Agreed, one hundred percent. Agreed. It's not. It's not Georgia. Okay. I mean, I I think Georgia's a little bit different. I believe she wrote Georgia quite a few years. yeah. Yeah, pretty early on, and I think that's why it feels a little different but Demi Moore I feel like I don't even think it's a bad song I just think the other songs are better Mm -hmm. um I feel like the other songs have a real kind of intention to them and they really go somewhere they really stir emotions but I think Demi Moore kind of just kind of just lilts along it it sort of plods along and maybe it's supposed to Um, it doesn't it doesn't really have a narrative for me but yeah, maybe it, that's the point. Maybe it's meant to be quite idle. And mm. It's a filler song, if, you, if, you, if it makes any sense. It's a filler song yeah. in the album. Not a bad mm. song per se, but it's not something I go back to and enjoy it pretty enjoy it. Yeah. As opposed to other songs on the album. Mm. All right, so what are the recent albums? Because you said that you keep listening to new music, you listen to new music and they influence you, they blow you away. So what are the recent albums that have like blown you away? You you've been listening to loads of this stuff. Oh yeah, I'm trying to think of the names now. Um oh there's an EP by The Julius, um, which I really like. I think it's called The Julius. Um I think it's Julius or not Julia's. I'm not sure. But that's really, really good. That's really cool. Um really like uh Noah Gunderson's album and the acoustic, uh, the acoustic set of tracks. The Raven of his. and a Crow, a Crow. Yeah, Raven and a Crow, I think it is. That's really cool. What about you, Tom? Um, so I have just started listening to the, the new Bright Eyes record, which I, I really like. Um, who else have been listening to? Um, there's some good, a new, some new good stuff by Buck Meek, who's the guitarist mm-hmm, from Big yeah. Thing. The big um, I really like his stuff. Um, we were listening to Gia Margaret's oh, yeah. Um, yeah. instrumental record. I think it's called Mia. Mia, it's called it's like her name, but back, but sort of the other way around. Mia Gargara. <laughs> it's called, um, which is just That's really a play on I her name. She, I think she had a throat operation, which is why she couldn't do vocals. So she created a, an instrumental album. <laughs> That was that was really cool. Oh, I think there's one song at the end where she actually does sing on, but um, that's just really interesting because we don't really listen to a lot of instrumental stuff. No, no hardly, hardly ever. In fact, um, I'm just looking on my phone at what else I've been listening to. Um, I always, I hate the fact that whenever we whenever I get asked, I just can't remember. There's this um this like small artist called Don Major who is from the UK as well um we've been talking to but he's, he's got some really cool music um also um I'm still listening to Be the Cowboy Mitski yeah, Mitski um, oh, such a great album such a yeah. great album and uh Christian Lee Hudson's record um Beginner is really good as well um I'm always listening to heavy music so I've been listening to a band called Pliny 
who are like instrumental kind of prog metal, but quite melodic still. They're not too kind of uh, too um, heavy, although they are heavy. Oh, and Ben Folds as well. I love Ben Folds. He's an amazing songwriter. I've uh, been listening to the record Way to Normal quite a lot. I would say that's that's that about covers us really much. What we- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What about you? What else have you been listening to? Uh, I've been what? What have I been like? I want to be able to remember anything now. Wait, I'll just open my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to Laura Marling's new record a lot, a lot songs. Oh, yeah. our, our producer Pete loves Laura Marling. And uh, the new Skull uh, EP by Skull Crusher. Oh Skull yeah, 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 That's yeah. We saw we when her first two, I think it was her first single came out, and and then quickly after the other one, um, yeah, she she announced a London show for next year, which hopefully we'll get to. Um, and what else have I been listening? Oh, yeah, I have been listening to a lot of Twenty Two A Million by Bon Iver. I've been listening to it a lot. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Bon Iver, yeah. And Crack Up by Fleet Foxes. Nice. Oh, cool. And what else is there? Yeah, a little bit of Perfume Genius and Sufjan. So that's it. Awesome. Cool, cool. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. There's, so... much, there's almost too much. You forget You forget what you've listened to. You have to... Yeah. All right. So what is your favorite movie soundtrack? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I really like the soundtrack from the, the movie called uh, Garden State. Have you heard of that? With Zach yeah, Braff. Zach Braff and... um, it's yeah, that's... the Shins cold play. It's... That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also really love the Juno soundtrack. Oh. I love the, the Moldy Pizza stuff. And, um, uh, I'm trying to think We're what else We're huge fans of indie films, aren't we? Like really quiet. <laughs> Yeah. Are we really into um, Harry Potter? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we watched all the fun. films of that, so all the soundtrack of that is just incredible. Also, um, the movie Into the Wild. It's all Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Um, that, that that's really great as well. I love listening to that. Um, which house are you in? Like, which house are you in? Like, I I know I am a Ravenclaw. Which house are you in? Yeah, we, uh, we're Ravenclaw yeah, too. We, we we've done a few, and we always get Ravenclaw, both of us. And uh, what is what is I think um, Toby's, Toby's Toby's Hufflepuff. I see. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed really because I did I first did the Baltimore quiz when I was like twelve or thirteen. I don't know, way young. And I was so disappointed <laughs> I didn't get Gryffindor. But now I've made peace with being a Raven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. Why not? We really, we really like. That's our next thing we want to do. We want, we just want to do a gig where we can dress up as the three main characters. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and just and do an intro where we play the Harry Potter soundtrack. That'll be really cool, <laughs> like Hedwig's theme into our songs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, I just remembered. I've been listening to that Nick Drake album. I can't pronounce the name. I think Bartle. I don't know what what is. The... Right, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Yeah, yeah. That that's a really good album. Um. That is the that's the one you like. Oh yeah, yeah. With I um, yeah, one of these things first and oh, those yes. songs. Right? Such good songs. Yeah, we like Nick Drake. We like yeah, like I say, we like so much different stuff. 
It's hard to remember. Do you like anything like um like really obscure music music wise? Are you into anything strange? Like oh explain it. Just like how I have I have this thing about like black metal bands. Like do you have anything? I I used to have. I used to have, but not like for the past three, four years, no. It's been pretty indie. Pretty it's been pretty like I've been like it's been more like Wise Blood, Buck, yeah, Big Thief. It's been more along those like Sufjan. Sufjan is a constant. Sufjan is a way big constant. But, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More indie. But I've been yeah. listening to because I've been not I've not been listening to much new stuff. But I've been going towards old music. Like I've been uh, listening to some Electric Light Orchestra. Cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's just that revisiting old records. Have you um, have you heard the singer songwriter Glenn Hansard before? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we really love we, we really love so Glenn good. Hansard as well. So good. I have, I have. All right, so another question. Like, I'm, I'm, we're just going to wrap it up, but a few questions before we do. Sure. If there was going to be a movie made on your lives, like a Tom and Sarah story or the Inner story, whatever you want to call it, who mm. would you like to score it? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I feel like I would like. I mean, my the temptation is to pick a, a singer songwriter that we really like. Yeah. For them to score it, but <laughs> I mean, oh, it depends. Um, I mean the um the guy that plays strings on nearly every record I love is Rob Moose. He played or he plays on Phoebe's records. Um, what was he played on? Brandy Carlisle's last record. He plays on loads of stuff. Um, I don't think he puts out any music like, under his own name. Okay, maybe he might. Yeah, it looks like he does. Rob Moose, he's like a strings player predominantly, but he, he's insane. Um, that would be cool. I mean, it's difficult to say. Oh, it's, it's hard to pick um, like for someone to compose. Um, I asked Fran this question. Like I'll give you one answer in the previous episode. I asked Fran this question, and he answered Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. Like he would like Johnny. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. nice. So along those lines, like it can be anyone. It can be Carter Burwell. It can be Max Richter. Anything. Anyone. Uh, I really think um, probably Glenn Hansard. Into score. Yeah. <laughs> or ben, ben Folds. Like, right. Oh, Ben Folds. That's the thing. Is really cool. Ben Folds has all this really shit, like kind of serious music, some really dumb music as well that he does just for fun. And then on the end of um, his record called So There, which is a great record, that he's got um, some like piano concertos that he wrote and uh, he composed and performed with like an Australian orchestra. So that, that guy can do anything. He could do it. Yeah. <laughs> he could do it. Go with him. Okay, so yeah. that is the score. And who would you choose, like, the artist who would you choose as a soundtrack? That's so difficult. Um, I don't know. If I if I imagine um like some for someone to perform out some of our songs, like I think I just love Julian Baker. I'm gonna say <laughs> Julian Baker. 
<laughs> I'd love to hear Julian Baker like play one of our like songs. Who is Actors? Cool. Like who would who would Yeah, like who's that um that act actress that people say I look like? Um, who, like someone was, from from Twilight. What, her, yeah, but you, I've had I've had people you, say that I look like her. I don't so. think you look like her at all. Oh, okay. Probably her. <laughs> oh, oh, Ellen. What was that? Ellen Page. Maybe. Cool. So Sarah <laughs> would be played by Ellen Page. <laughs> I someone with long hair now because I've got long hair these days. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's got long hair. Jason Momoa, the guy who plays Aquaman. Apart from, I am not that. I'm, I'm not so my... sorry because I don't know how do you look like. But have you seen Perks of Being a Wallflower, the movie? Yeah. yeah. Guy ponytail Derek. I don't know why, but you that guy came into my mind. I can't remember. Here. I'm gonna have to look. I'll look at some. Oh, and uh, Toby really looks like really looks like Rowan Atkinson, who's Mr. Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, no question. Toby would be played by Mr. Bean. And he's got the someone, someone bought him the the Teddy, Mr. Bean's Teddy. And complete, so he's got the you know, he's got the Teddy. Yeah. So yeah, so to answer your question, Ellen Page, Jason Momoa, and Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> that classic lineup. <laughs> <laughs> all right so another question if someone doesn't know you and you have to choose like okay these are five songs these are five songs that will give you an idea of who i am which five songs would it be that's a great question mm. do you want to go first or shall i go first okay i'm gonna to have to go with something really heavy probably to start with because that's where i came from so i'm gonna pick a metallica <laughs> song i'm gonna say master of puppets by metallica that was one of the first songs that i learned all the way through and i'd say that was quite a fair a fair first song to pick um, yeah i'm gonna pick little wing by Jimi hendrix because that Again, another song that I loved a bit, so I've always loved. I'm then going to go a bit off kilter, and I'm going to pick a Ben Fold song. I'm going to pick... Um, oh, there's a song off here that I love. Um, you to Thank by Ben Folds. And then I'm... Did you say five? Yeah, five. <laughs> Good, I'm go, glad. You just can, adding and adding. How, how, how many you wish you can go? It's five <laughs> Um, and I'm going to say Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen mm -hmm. and shall I go what you think I need one do is it one more I need yeah it's yeah, one more so. isn't it uh, oh it's going to be a John Mayer song let's go for um, let's go for oh I can't pick Neon I don't know I'm just guessing Neon <laughs> no, not Neon. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for um, something of Continuum. So we'll go for uh, Belief by John Mayer. Belief by John Mayer. Yeah, that's, oh, that'll be my favorite. Where do I start? Probably start with um, something by McFly. The UK pop band because I was really into them when I was smaller. I think everyone knows who McFly are. Probably, <laughs> probably five colours in a hair. 
is, is and, that with like Dougie Pointer, right? If I'm correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huge fangirl in my in my in my day. <laughs> um, uh, then I'd move on to something by the Beatles. How do I choose a song by the Beatles? Probably, probably yesterday or. Walk in the Sun or Long Winding Road. That's three. I don't know. One of them. One of them. Then uh, Falling Slowly by Glenn Hansard. Yeah. And what else? And I'm going to say um, Sad Song Number One by Don Major. That's a really, like, very, un like, underappreciated artist and I lo just love that song how many was that four, four. oh god um, <laughs> one more oh um to tie it into Phoebe I'm gonna say funeral because that really sums me up as a as a as a depressed person <laughs> <laughs> uh you're a Mount Airy fan like you guys are Mount Airy fans did you hear that new microphones in 2020 I haven't yet. No, I tried to oh, look for it. Dude, you should, you should, you should. That blew me away. Yeah, it's, it's one... one of those songs. Like I was just in in the dark listening to it because it's one track, forty two minutes long. Yeah, and it's... is it? Where is it? It's not on. It's Spotify. on Bandcamp. It's on Bandcamp. Ah, that's why I thought he I didn't think released... it. Was... He hasn't released it. It's on YouTube and it's on Bandcamp. Cool. Oh, I cool. see. That explains why I couldn't find it then. Uh, I think he yeah. has some aversion to Phil Elrum has some aversion to cool. Spotify yeah. and streaming services. Yeah, Enjoy. one other album we talked about a lot was uh, A Crow Looked at Me. because yeah. um, yeah. An insane... Oh, so um, good. It's just so an good. insane piece of art uh, to me. I just think it's paint. It's, it's just painful. It's, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So painful. So painful. So painful. And he wrote it, I think, immediately, like two weeks after his wife died. Yeah, on her. In the same her... room. No. He passed away and he wrote this album. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I think that I've got a massive appreciation for, for, for you know, those Phil people Elgrim, who, yeah. who really, like, live, live in their art. Like, it is them. Um, and the fact that, yeah, I, I guess you could you could say, oh, why like why would you do that? Like why why would you, I don't know, use that story to make music with? And he even says in the first track, um, real death, you know, like all in the face of death, all art is dumb. And it, he's right, but I feel like I feel like some some people are so in, you know they are so ingrained in their writing that you know that's what's happened to him. That's good. That's what's on his mind for the next. Well, for the rest of his life, and so he's gonna make something. He's gonna make songs around that, and I, I really, um, yeah, I really admire people who can use those painful experiences. And it, and again, it's kind of like what what we're trying to do, using difficult things to make music from. Have you heard the album Ghosting by Nick Cave and the? No, I haven't listened to that. No. So it's, so it's one of those albums because it deals with he. A lot of the song that deals with death, the death of his son, because his son passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, so I think you should because you really like it, and it's one album yeah. that I've been revisiting a lot because I've been listening to that that Ghostine particularly and Illinois by Sufjan Stevens, Illinois and Harry yeah. and Noel by Sufjan Stevens a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like 
it's one of i think you'll like ghostine if you should this and <laughs> microphones in 2020 you should you really should check it out yeah now i will listen to that now i know where to find it <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> no all right last question last question last question yeah any music that you would like to recommend to the people who have been who who listen to this potentially this episode any music that you'll recommend it to them yeah um i'm going to say i i i mean they're not they're not super unknown but i love the band tiny moving parts um mm. they're like kind of like proggy pop punk band they're quite they're quite weird actually um they're quite a blend of different styles but i really like them um and also a band called the dangerous summer i really like who are again kind of like a Jimmy World meets the starting line kind of emo pop punk band. Um, I just love, I just love all that stuff. Um, other music to recommend. Don, I mean, we've mentioned him a couple of times, but Don Major is some singles out, and you've been listening to him a lot, haven't you? Yeah, he's one of those artists that I mean, there's there's not many artists that I can actually say I like every single song of theirs, and he, that he just does it for me. He just I can listen to his stuff and repeat and not skip any 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 song all the tracks are just great by don major um also who else hmm. i would say awake but still in bed um are really good kind of like screamy don't know what you call it like garage indie emo i don't know again i don't really know um <laughs> what, what style you call it um harrison whitford phoebe's guitarist uh, record is really good i enjoy listening to that a lot um the hotelier i really like they've got a record called uh home like no place there is that's great all all the suggestions i'm picking all like similar (laughs) i'm I'm really noticing that um I think if there's anything else that I've missed that I've been listening to. Obviously, everyone should check out In Earnest and they are going to put a new single in a couple of days, but everyone should check out In Earnest. But other than In Earnest, come on, two more, two more recommendations. Yeah, uh, two more. Okay. Um, Tom Waits' record, Mule Variations. I love all the ballads on there. I think they're stunning and he's an incredible songwriter. Um, also, um, Deaf Heaven album, Sunbather. It's kind of like a major key black metal record that I like. It's all kind of like happy sounding, if that's the thing. Um, and also we really like the Rocket Summer, who's kind of like a small oh, yeah. a small American artist. So he has got some really good records. Um, so Zoetic is a really great record. And also Life Will Write the Words oh, that's is, such a good record. is cool. Um, just thinking, yeah, is, is there anyone fun. else? And as a side <laughs> note, our, our dog really likes country music. <laughs> Hank Williams. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, how? How is that even possible? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just get a sense. Like, I, I mean... I, I do dog sitting for a living and so I just get this sense from dogs that what kind of music they like that matches their personality and and our, our dog Murph is really kind of laid back quite chill all the time and 
know, you could play country a country soundtrack along to that. Whereas <laughs> I, I look after look after this Labrador who's like really really energetic, and I can just imagine him jumping around to death metal the whole time. Just a bit naturally. Uh, another another artist um, from UK is Morgan Harper Jones. She's very good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone like local that we know um, that we would recommend. There's a um, there's a duo from London called Dust in the Sunlight who are friends of ours. Um, there's a couple of other local artists to us as well in Essex, in uh, like where we live. So you've got Leo Walrus, who is very really young. I think he's only about 16, 17, but his music's super mature. Kind of got like a Bob Dylan's 60s, 70s vibe to him that, somehow. Oh, yeah. Fraser Catini. I don't know if he's got, if he's got any music out. out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, uh, so much young talent around us. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since I ask you, ask you that question, like, who would you like to score the movie? I, I score a movie. If there was a movie about uh, Made on Your Life. I don't know why, but God's I, I would pay to see a movie scored by Godspeed You Black Emperor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> just coming into my mind, like I would just pay any just take my money and just make them score a movie or something. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Alright, last question now. Last question. Last question. Who's your dream collab? <sighs> um well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna group three in one here and say Boy Genius. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh. I would I would love to. I think if I was gonna have to pick one, and I'm not gonna cheat and pick three. Um, <laughs> if I was you gonna could pick go better one, oblivion, you could go better oblivion. <laughs> um, no, I would I would go for uh, Adrian Lenka from Big Thief because Ooh, I think. Yes. I just think she's just insane um, and I would love to sit in a room and just try and write something with her um, and have her completely show me up and make my ideas sound like she's, a little boys. She seems to turn out music like I've never seen as well. Like they yeah, had two, two albums last, last year. Last year and two uh, such great albums last year. Yeah, I love both of those records. I love. I mean, UF, UF might be one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, if I have to choose ten albums, my top ten favorite albums, UF, UF might be one of them. Yeah, I was. Um, I saw them. The last gig that I went to in February this year was Big Thief in uh, London, and saw them last year as well in London. I saw them twice, mm. and they're great to watch live as well. They're super. Like their music is, they're super raw. They don't really try and. Uh, like they don't really try to put on a show they're just themselves and they stand on stage and they're very awkward and they play these amazing songs and bring out really weird support band they had a band i can't remember what the band was called but they were a uk band but they were like a metal band that opened for them and it was it was funny because it's the only it was the only gig i've ever been to where there were more people outside sort of sitting on the floor, like outside of the main room than in the actual room. Um, but the band were great. I think they're called it, uh, it, uh, Ikatha. Ikatha or something like that. Ik Ikatha. Yeah. It's, um, a, yeah. 
it was just a yeah that's it yeah I, it was just a it was a it was cool for me because i like heavy music but um and also props to them for doing the tour not knowing how they would go down with the audience but yeah I no it's always the, the tiny disc uh, performance on youtube and there's a comment like a comment i think it's a top comment maybe i don't know what this like all the yeah. members they are dressed like that they they belong to three different <laughs> groups because but <Bakun laughs> like something else they Adrian is dressed like something else. like they belong to three different groups. But yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a bit of a think, thing about them. You don't care. No, I think there's a radio session where the bass players in a kangaroo onesie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't care. But they're, they're, I just think they're cool. They're not trying to be, you know, they're not trying to be anything. And it's so obvious that they're not a manufactured kind of band. They're just four people. Have you just, heard Adrian's yeah. solo record, her debut record? Yeah, Abyss, Abyss, Abyss Kiss. Kiss. Yeah. yeah, love it. Yeah. Check such a great Yeah, right, absolutely. Now, I'm going to let you go now because you're welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Again, thank you to Sarah and thank you to Tom for taking out the time and talking to me. All the updates about the podcast, all music recommendations, everything can be found on Twitter and on Instagram at Cue the Music. Until next time. Bye-bye.